Hello and welcome to the next episode of Serving Up Sustainability. I'm Domini Hogg, founder of Tried and Supplied, the collaborative network transforming food service procurement for a sustainable food system. Sometimes it might feel like it's difficult to know where to start implementing sustainable practices. So with every episode of Serving Up Sustainability, we talk to industry experts about their approach and perspective and aim to provide you with practical information on things that you can implement so you can make step-by-step changes to achieve incremental positive change. On today's podcast, we are joined by Julie Klein of Sustainable Kitchen, who has just agreed to co-host some of our future podcast episodes. Very exciting. Sustainable Kitchen are a team of chefs who are also nutrition trained and specifically in plant-based cooking techniques and allergen-free cooking. They work with hospitality businesses to help them cater better to the large numbers of customers wanting less meat and dairy and those with specific dietary needs. They train chefs in plant-based and allergen-free techniques and help them create delicious, innovative food to attract more customers. Good morning, Julie. Hello. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me. So let's just start with um, a little bit about Sustainable Kitchen. Uh, you call yourself um, uh, that with the word sustainable. And what, what do you mean by the word sustainable exactly? Yeah, um, good question. So in choosing the, the name for, for the business Sustainable Kitchen, um, we were very conscious of the fact that when people use the word sustainable, often they're using it as being synonymous with just planet health and all the things associated with that, like reducing plastic, uh, reducing reliance on fossil fuels, water conservation, all that really great stuff. But as we know, there's there's far more to sustainability and it's also about considering economic sustainability and that's very much reflected in the sustainable development goals. Um, So we chose the name Sustainable Kitchen because we wanted to help restaurants be more sustainable profitably by being able to cater better for you know the increasing number of customers who want you know plant-based diet or you know catering for people with specific allergens etc so if they can attract more customers Mm. then they can you know future-proof their business and and maintain profitability Um, and let's face it it's a, a challenging industry so profitability is key so in, in being more sustainable in terms of building sustainable profits for themselves and future-proofing their business, they um, making sure that they're keeping pace with what customers want. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think the other thing that um, I, I can see you obviously focus on is, is health, and that's also a big part of the sustainable development goal, goals is you know, improving human health. Um, and um, you know, is that part of the way you see sustainability in terms of you know catering for um, all kinds of different nutritional needs? Mm, absolutely, and and this is where our, our skill set of being you know nutritionally trained really helps. So you know more and more customers um, are wanting healthy options. You know people are seeing the connection between the food that they eat mm. and their health, and you know that's been one of the biggest trends for you know several years about people wanting things like gut health and mm. and you know resilience and you know mood food and all that kind of good stuff plus also you know when you think about global issues and the population growth mm. that has been forecast you know um we're talking about globally being able to cater for those huge amounts of, of populations and and there's talk that we need to actually do that with less food but mm-hmm. with more nutritious food yeah and so an understanding of those concepts is absolutely key 
Mm. Yeah. Um, and what, what motivated you to start Sustainable Kitchen? Sure, yeah. So um, I've always been a, a passionate foodie. Um, and whilst I initially had a career in, in banking and finance, I've always had links with the hospitality industry. So whilst I was at university in Australia, I was really fortunate to work for a brilliant uh, pub group who were one of the first pubs to really offer a great food offering. And, and they put me through a, a formal hospitality industry training program. Mm. Um, so I had the pleasure of learning all about great food, wine, um, service excellence, and as well as the operational management side of things. And then I moved to the UK and I lived in Edinburgh for many years and, and my ex-partner had a, a catering company and I was involved in that in various ways, managing large catering mm. events, um, the cafe at the Botanical Gardens, mm. weddings, corporate events, that kind of thing. Um, but me personally, as a, as a passionate foodie, I've always loved dining out, but I have an allergy to dairy myself. Mm. So I am restricted in, in being only able to order food that you know doesn't contain butter and milk and cheese mm. and all that lovely stuff that everyone likes um, and is in a lot of dishes so I found it very frustrating that when dining out sometimes it, it's not so much of a nice mm. experience as someone with with limited choice so I wanted to be able to change that and then when I retrained in nutrition and then became a, a naturopathic chef um, I thought well you know all these great skills that I have about being able to you know teach other chefs how to cook with without allergens and, mm. and using plant-based proteins versus animal proteins then you know can help make a real mm. sizable change in, in the industry um, mm. and I saw that there was a gap so you know chefs um, currently they're still very much traditionally trained in, in using animal proteins for example and mm. in the traditional techniques of you know, creating sauces with you know cream and butter as, as the center so um, you know they're, they're not really trained in, in that kind of thing and, mm. and they're also not nutrition trained and you know let's face it yeah. these are the biggest growth areas with, with customers so so I thought what a great opportunity to be able to offer mm. our skills and so I've now collected an, a number of other great chefs who have got those skills um, mm. and experience of working across restaurants across the US, Australia, mm. Europe as well as the UK and and so now we're really excited about helping everyone cater better for these customers. Great. Um, I, I, I guess that's, in a way, it's almost quite shocking that chefs aren't really taught nutrition um, as part of their, their courses. I mean, particularly now with that becoming a much more important part of what chefs are having to deal with in terms of menu development. Um, mm -hmm. Is this um, something that, um, you know, you see as um, particularly important in terms of what you can help them with and, and train and um, and do you, what do you, which kind of, do you think it helps um, the menu development itself in terms of making it more, a more efficient process if you have that knowledge of nutrition as well? Yeah, and no, I think absolutely. And, and there's a, a leading sustainability charity called um, Forum for the Future, and they recognise that one of the biggest gaps um, in, in UK society is that, is that chefs are not trained in nutrition mm. and that, that gap needs to close. And they've actually created a program to address that mm. um, so you know so they very much see the need um, and yeah you know you know let's face it we all do need to make sure that our diets are balanced yeah. know, that we're getting the right amount of proteins versus carbs versus mm. healthy fats and and not mm. all, all that good stuff fiber etc and so you know we get guidance from public health England in terms mm. of that from a you know domestic perspective 
but there's no real guidance mm. like that in, in when dining out. And yet, you know, people yeah. still want to choose healthy mm. food. So, yeah, I think absolutely it is, is required. Plus, you know, I mean, it's really in, in, interesting as well, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's some amazing, you know, uh, culinary herbs, for example, that, mm. that can be used to, you know, bring out great flavours, etc. that still have a functional health benefit mm. that customers are really interested in. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you a question about the consumer diet and how it's how it's changed. Um, but I'd be really interested um, in in your thoughts, perhaps first on uh, some of what I've seen in terms of nutrition. As you know, people are printing nutrition now in terms of printing it as um, nutritional pills, effectively. Mm. Um, how do you how do you see that, and how do you see that impacting on the way that consumer diets? are changing and will continue changing and, and how people will view, you know, the the menu um, when they're going out uh, to restaurants? I know that's a big question. Yeah, um, but... and I think it is really exciting to see all, seeing all these innovative things around, you know, 3D printing, etc. To be mm. honest, I find it all a little bit scary, though, because mm. um, to me, yeah, I, I, do think, too. I, think, <laughs> I think nature has the answer yep. to, to so many things all the time and, mm. you know, largely where... The problems the planet faces mm. are because we've actually been fighting with nature in a way, you know, using pesticides to, to yeah. kill off, you know, uh, biodiversity, etc., to protect crops and yeah. monocropping and all that kind of good thing. So, so I think it is exciting. I, I, I can't speak with too much authority on it because I've not tried any of these new products. Mm. Um, but, you know, I don't think there's a silver bullet and there's, there's no, no magic pill to suddenly be healthy. I think, you know... It's all very much about getting balance and yeah. diversity and 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 yeah, using as as natural ingredients as possible. But you know, mm. I think people need to get away from oh, but healthy equals not delicious because it's just not true. And yeah, and, I agree uh, with that. You know, yeah. it's a real opportunity for mm. restaurants to get creative again and and yeah. encourage their their staff to be creative. And mm. you know, I think there's so many challenges that restaurants face, including retaining good staff and especially with yeah. Brexit looming and I think if you know if restaurants can engage their staff and ask them what mm. what you know their ideas are around creating exciting mm. food for customers or, or even creating sustainable solutions for customers yeah. I think you know they'll find they'll mm. be pleasantly surprised that there's yeah. some fantastic ideas that come out. I, I think that they have the opportunity to kind of become the 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 pleasant and the pleasurable alternative to nutrition mm. so you know I, I certainly wouldn't want to take a kind of nutrition pill yeah. I mean, that, that for me that that um takes out all the pleasure of eating you know there yeah. is a pleasure to eating it's a wonderful thing to do with friends and, and family and absolutely and and there's something just you know the, the actual tastes of things and the way they combine is 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 wonderful um and i think if you can get the nutritional element right on the menu you have that ability to to you know really offer people what they're what they're looking for and yeah. what they're needing and they don't need the um, pill because i think they don't you need do, the pill yeah there's the danger that people go and you know drink six pints of lager have a kfc and then <laughs> the next day take a pill to try yeah. and combat that and, you know I mean, that's not cool right that's yeah. not gonna work and when you mentioned earlier about gut health for example mm. um one of the things that we're learning about gut health is is how much it's it's kind of um managed by a whole range of bacteria that we um you know we're building up in our in our gut and the microbiome that that's there um 
and some of the rise in allergies from what i understand is to is due to the fact that the the food that we're getting has kind of almost been refined and purified so that it doesn't give you the same range of bacteria absolutely um, that yeah, it yeah. gets in your gut so if we end up with a kind of pill version of nutrition that's probably not going to help with with the rise of allergies and, and things like that yeah i mean it, it's mm. difficult to, to know I'd, I'd need to see what are in some of these mm. pills but you know it's a fantastic point that you make that that yes, you know, mm. it is all about you know keeping the the microbiome happy, and mm. um, and you can only really get that through yeah, you know, variety mm. and and the, and the right nutrients, etc. Yeah. To to feed those, so yeah, interesting times. <laughs> very very interesting times. Um, so um, with the consumer diet changing um so much, and you know there being lots of different um. People, you know, people choosing particular diets like um, eating uh, vegan or flexitarian diets, um, uh, and and people also um, st- starting to find that they're allergic to um, foods they they haven't been in the past. Um, h- how is it that Sustainable Kitchen can help restaurants cater for for all of these different variations in consumer diets? Yeah, so so we very much you know um, work with the the kitchen teams you know and understand. So what knowledge do they mm. have about, well, you know, I guess, plant-based techniques mm. and allergen-free techniques and, and then, you know, look to build on, on their knowledge or, you know, mm. fill some gaps and, and really engage the teams directly. And as I said earlier, you know, a lot of them will have ideas and, and, mm. and, and passions and things that they want to experiment with anyway. So I think you know, mm. for us, we find that works if you engage the team straight away and, and work with them and, in, in what they know plus also it's also about not not just you know making all these restaurants vegan and allergen free mm. no one wants to do that you know it's all about working with what a restaurant already does mm. well yeah and, and bringing out their strengths and and finding um changes that they can make to their menu that doesn't lose sight mm. of what already makes them unique and what already brings yeah. their customers to that restaurant so you know, it's all about building on that mm. and without losing their uniqueness. So that's how, how we do it. And so we offer training, we offer menu development, plus we also connect restaurants with uh, really good suppliers as well, mm. um, whether those be suppliers of raw ingredients that, you know, can guarantee, say, no cross-contamination with things mm. or, with, you know, really good plant-based mm. um, ingredients or even just more local um mm. Um, suppliers that are growing fantastic you know UK locally grown products and Mm. and all those good things. What would you say is a kind of free from ingredient um, in terms of the suppliers you work with is most sought after and and most used on restaurant menus? Well we get a lot of questions asked about uh, vegan cheese because uh, you know and and I couldn't agree more that there's there's some stuff out there that's not very tasty um in terms of vegan you would cheese. know <laughs> yeah and well see I'm I, you know I'm not vegan but I'm allergic to dairy yes, and exactly. so therefore I, I have quite a passion for trying all the different uh, vegan cheeses and so yeah th- there are some that aren't very very good and, and some that aren't actually fantastic for cooking with mm. you know in terms of the the textures that are achieved and, and whatever and so so we get we do get a lot of questions asked around around yeah. vegan cheese and, and we do have our favorites um and we're constantly on the lookout for for new things plus also you know we like making our own yeah you know so um you know we can train teams in how to create their own in their own kitchens it's, mm. it's not too difficult actually yeah um, okay so, interesting yeah 
I wouldn't have thought it was that easy to to make it. Well, it is and it isn't. So there's some, you know, as with everything, you Mm. know, there's, you know, it's an art and, um, you know, um, just as as cheese making is for for dairy cheese, you know, and it does use the same principles, you know, in terms of Mm. culturing and and developing bacteria, just like dairy cheese is made. So there's, mm. but there's a quick version and then there's, you know, the more aged version, yeah. just as there is in dairy cheese making as well. So, yeah. so it is quite an art if you're getting, you know, into the real sophisticated stuff mm. as it is with yeah. dairy cheese, but there's, there's some quick options that yeah. you can do as well. I guess it's, it's kind of like um, a lot of the other fermented foods Absolutely. Um, and that's yeah. really, you know, becoming quite popular. Um, so yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think um, in terms, you, you raised an interesting point earlier about um, how it's not necessarily about making restaurants become, you know, vegan or allergen free or whatever. It's about kind of making that making people feel, you know, that this it's an inclusive menu for Absolutely. anyone to come and eat there. Yeah. Um, ultimately, you know, restaurants are places where friends go to hang out together and um you know, they don't want to feel like, you know, one of them is going to struggle to eat there because they, you know, they've got certain requirements. Um, So, um, yeah. um, But um, beyond um, ensuring an inclusive menu, how else do you help restaurants become more sustainable? Are there anything else, anything else that you you look at? Are there any quick wins? Yeah, so um, absolutely. So, so again, I think, you know, that the main the main thing is to not be overwhelmed by the mm. number of things that um, a restaurant can do to be more sustainable, and mm. so to you know try and look to achieve incremental change and pick mm. one part of their business that they can focus on, yeah, um, and you know basically work to work step by step to build that incremental mm. change to a you know a a, a wider um, impact. And as I said earlier, customer first. So put the customer yeah. at the heart of everything because that's going to still drive profitability mm. and, and investing in your staff. And yeah. so, you know, so I think, again, you know, ask them about what, what they've got to offer. Mm. But um, the other thing that we do is we we partner with other sustainable companies. Mm. So, um, for example, we've partnered with an energy company who... Um, can identify ways in which a restaurant can um, achieve cost savings through their mm. energy use. So they have got smart meters, for example. Yeah. Um, and then they can help them move to a more greener, renewable energy supplier. Okay. And so what we can actually do is when we come in and start speaking to a restaurant about what, what changes they want to make is we can um, put these smart meters in and they can achieve cost savings straight away mm. and then reinvest those cost savings back into say our services in yeah. training their staff in you know plant-based and allergen free and mm. sustainable practices there plus we also work with food waste suppliers as well and try and mm. help restaurants um again you know uh, reduce their their food waste yeah. so therefore you know save money mm. and and then you know be more mm. sustainable overall yeah Okay, um, and um, you've worked um, for major corporations like Deloitte in, in the past. Um, how much of what you've learnt there are you able to apply to advising restaurants? Yeah, so yeah, so prior to setting up Sustainable Kitchen and before I retrained mm. in, in nutrition and became a chef, I, I did work as a management consultant um, for my sins in the banking and finance <laughs> industry. 
So, yeah, I've definitely transferred a lot of those skills across to the way we operate as a business. Um, and I do approach each client we work with as a unique project. Mm. And so whilst they might come to us with a, a specific need, we then have an assessment process where we you know, can drive mm. um, out you know, any other things that, that, that might be challenging to the, to the business so that we can look to um, try and close those gaps as, as mm. well. So, you know, because when you think about making changes to a menu, it's not as simple as making changes to a menu. It, it's also about making sure that operationally mm. um, changes are made. For example, if you're introducing some, some things on the menu that um, you know, have less allergens in them, then you also need to mm. make sure that your workflows in the kitchen um, accommodate you know, separate um, mm. equipment that is used, um, yeah. storage of the raw ingredients, the way that dish is then served, um, you know, what, what the, the mm. front of house um, team know about the, the dish, mm. what conversations they're having with the customer. So, you know, it, it's not just as simple as, okay, let's just add a few things to the, <laughs> to, to the menu. There's a whole ream of mm. things that need to happen. So, so that's why, yeah, we have a, a questionnaire that we mm. use with each of our customers just to understand what are the things that is unique about their business? What are their operational processes? Who their suppliers are, for example? How they manage their food mm. waste and various other things around communication between, yeah. you know, the the kitchen team, front of house team, etc. Okay, so, so yeah. yeah, the whole the whole caboodle is yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, well, uh, so that's a lot to a lot to deal with. Um, I, I guess um, one of the things that um, is likely to to be happening at the moment is that the risk profile for um, for restaurants is is increasing with the number of um, allergy um, uh, allergy sufferers and and we've seen in the past few years some tragic deaths as a result. Um, how would you assess um, the risk for restaurants and and how they what they can do to reduce it? Yeah, I think again it comes down to looking at the processes mm. and looking at staff knowledge as yeah. well. And you know, so for me it would be, you know, identify where you've got gaps mm. in, in knowledge, information, processes, mm. storage. Um, you know, whether that be your communication on your menu, on your website, or just what mm. staff know about mm. each of the dishes. Making sure the communication between the kitchen and the front of house is yeah. really key. Plus also, you know, look at opportunities for capturing information about what people's specific dietary requirements are right from even pre-arrival phase. Mm. So right from when they book, you know, yeah. capture that information and then retain that so that then mm. when that customer group comes in to dine, you know, your front of house team are, are ready for them. They know the kitchen team have already prepared, yeah. you know, whatever they need to prepare for it for, to cater mm. for them. And, and it's just going to make the whole experience so much better for everyone, not yeah. just the customers, but the staff feel more empowered, more confident, mm. you know, in front of house and kitchen as well. Yeah, so, I think also for the, from the customer perspective, it's less embarrassing kind of just saying via email or on, on the sign up booking form that, you know, you can't eat X or Y than it is mm. to kind of make a fuss about it actually in in place in the in the restaurant and then have to kind of deal with with the waiters who don't necessarily um, know the answers to, to what, you've, what you've just said. So. Yeah, and I think, you know, technology innovation really mm. makes a, um, 
is really important here and there are a yeah. huge number of um you know pieces of software both you know kitchen planning software mm. as well as you know ordering software yeah. that staff have but equally that you know consumers have around mm. being able to identify what dishes have got mm. certain allergens in them or whether yeah. they're vegan or vegetarian or whatever so mm. i think you know have a look at your technology as well and help that yeah. can help your team and yeah. help you be compliant and mm. and um just help your processes be more efficient as well yeah because it's pretty hard you know if you're front of house and you've got a, or even if you're the chef in the kitchen just trying to remember what all the allergens are you know in, in everything yeah. so to have a piece of technology that at least helps you you know you've got a, a clear reference point that that makes it much easier to to manage i can imagine hmm. um okay so um i think we've got time for one more question um just um, uh, maybe looking towards the future, how do you see um, sustainable restaurants evolving? Yeah, so, you know, I think we've touched on the fact that, you know, we're not trying to turn everyone vegan or plant-based, but I think it's very clear that mm. um, globally we do need to reduce our, our um, reliance on meat and dairy. And mm-hmm. so, um, and, and we do need to think about the, the nutrition of, mm. of the food that we are providing people so I think it's clear that you know everyone needs to um, get on board with the fact that plant-based is the future mm. um, perhaps not 100% there doesn't need to be a you know beef blackout for example because you know, <laughs> to, to my point earlier you know sustainability is about supporting economies and you know mm. we can't just turn our back on the farming industry for example no and, and the know, ones that rely communities. on absolutely um, yes livestock production absolutely and, yeah. so i think you know the uk's restaurant industry should continue to focus on being committed to local farmers celebrating mm. quality local seasonal mm. ingredients you know local wines drinks etc but you know do make a, a conscious reduction in the use of meat and dairy and and mm. and do you know, try and understand how they can cater to all customers, mm. regardless of their dietary needs. Yes, yeah, um, I, I, I can see that. Um, oh, it's fascinating. Um, thank okay. you very much, Julie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Serving Up Sustainability. To stay up to date with our latest episodes, follow at tried underscore supplied on Twitter or our related blog at Saucy Dressings on Instagram. See you next time.